Hi, everyone, and welcome to Climate Change, the Real Story podcast with our host, Dr. Robert Marks. Dr. Marks, how are you? I am good. Uh, today, we're going to focus in on two topics off of uh, climate change. And the reason for it is uh, right now, the climate change real scientists are sort of gathering together uh, for another foray about real science. Uh, and I will have been talking with several of the um, significant people, such as John F. Kloster, who is a uh, Nobel Prize winning physicist. Uh, and, and his point is about how basically Al Gore and the radical CO2 people have got it all wrong and didn't factor in a, a lot of variables in their models. So he attacks a lot of the models. And so uh, before I do the next one directly on um, climate change, uh, I want to be sure that uh, we collaborate a little bit so the information I can pass on is rock solid. Okay, let's get rolling. Okay, the, uh, the one I want to do today for everybody is called The Sacred Cows of Modern Society. Now, if you watch the news, you will periodically see an arrogant newscaster in a very self-righteous tone bemoan that no one is above the law. Now, of course, if it's CNN or MSNBC, they are referring to former President Donald Trump. If it's a conservative news station such as Fox, they're referring to Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. Uh, these are sacred cows who probably never get punished for any of their misdeeds or breaking the law. But uh, what is a sacred cow? In history, the sacred cow concept comes from the book of Exodus in the Christian Bible, uh, where the Israelites were uh, breaking the, the rules and the ethics at the time and were worshiping a golden calf. And that's where the concept of the sacred cow comes from. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, and then it, it's embellished in the Hindu religion where the sacred cow is not allowed to be slaughtered, even though people would be starving uh, because there's some important aspect to the cow that is not realized by other religions. Okay. So I look at the definition of um, sacred cow, and it basically is just a simple one. It says an unreasonably above criticism, individual, or concept. And I like the word unreasonably above criticism. Okay. So, okay, in our society, I have seen three groups that I think are the sacred cows of our current society. One, you can guess, are the politicians. Right. Number two, celebrities. Number three is some of our sports figures. So I want to go over a couple examples that will probably strike home to uh, anyone who's listening. Well, on the political aspect, I will defer any judgment or any discussion about either President Biden or past President Donald Trump because they're going through a legal process and it's not totally sure that they're going to escape any real jail time or real punishment at all, although they probably will. But let's focus in on the first, the obvious one is Hunter Biden. Uh, here recently, he was um, uh, indicted. Uh, that's taken over five years uh, on face value, on just what the public even knows, he is already uh, obviously guilty of obstruction of justice, lying on his gun control form, uh, and, and several other accusations, including drug use, drug selling, promoting prostitution, and down the line. There are so many right. different things. And at this point, most of the pundits and 
most of the so-called experts are saying, well, it doesn't matter. He's never going to do any jail time. And here's a person that if you were I did any of that, we would be in jail for decades. Yes. So the next one is, should be another obvious one who escaped punishment and shouldn't have uh, goes to Hillary Clinton. I could do the whole podcast on her alone. Uh, it might start oh. with the Whitewater scandal of the, uh, oh, I think it was the 1990s, uh, where a land deal between her and her husband fell all apart. Uh, she was the only one that made money. Everybody else either lost money or was indicted for felony. Uh, so, in fact, Susan McDougall was uh, indicted for uh, a felony of money laundering and fraud. Uh, and uh, Bill Clinton, when he became president, pardoned her. So uh, you can see that one escape. But um, probably the most egregious thing is Hillary Clinton from Benghazi, which is another uh, criminal activity of hers, leaving a lot of our, our ambassadors out to dry in a massacre, for lack of a better term. But she did, without any uh, compunction and under subpoena, destroyed evidence. That's obstruction of justice. She asked and watched 33,000 emails from her BlackBerry. It wasn't even a, an iPhone that we use today. It was a BlackBerry. <laughs> Very insecure. And, of, of course, she never was uh, accused of anything uh, and escaped punishment to even run for the presidency in 2016. Fortunately, the uh, public uh, uh, saw at least some guilt in her and failed to elect her, although she was probably the odds-on favorite at the beginning. So that's another sacred cow that if it were you or I should be in jail for so many decades, it would be uh, absurd. Now, another one, and not showing any bias toward any uh, party, uh, look at Richard Nixon. His famous quote of all the quotes that he's ever had is, I am no crook. And yet he was a crook. <laughs> he orchestrated and approved the Watergate burglary break-in. There were five burglars. Uh, he essentially... Uh, ordered the burglary uh, to presumably uh, find dirt about the Democratic National Party and then uh, was going to use it in his campaign against George McGovern. Uh, probably didn't even need it to beat George McGovern, who was not a strong candidate. So uh, here, he too, he was embarrassed enough that he resigned from the presidency. Uh, he was uh, impeached, if you will, and then Gerald Ford pardoned him. So he never served any time for accessory to burglary or breaking and entering that you or I would. And then maybe the last one that should ring bells from the past is Ted Kennedy. Uh, in 1969, uh, he drove off to Chappaquiddick Bridge into the water and uh, claimed that he dove several times to find uh, his uh, tryst partner, uh, Mary Jo Kopechny, who was a 28-year-old, a very nice-looking blonde woman, uh, at that time, was one of his campaign assistants. Uh, and uh, yet, after he dove many times, he didn't report the accident until the next day when he became sober. Um, nobody did a drug alcohol level on him, but he was obviously drunk. Um, uh, he ended up with uh, a, I think it was two months suspended sentence, leaving the scene of an accident, reckless homicide. He never served a day in jail. Again, sacred cops. So when you hear this nonsense, nobody's above the law, nonsense in itself. Many people are above the law, particularly if you're a politician or a celebrity or a sports figure. All right, let me move on to a couple samples from celebrities. Uh, more recently, we all know that Alec Baldwin uh, shot 
uh, his cinematographer uh, on the uh, movie scene of Rust. Okay, well, in the NRA and anybody who knows anything about guns always knows there's no such thing as a gun accident. It's always negligence. So here is an actor who is playing around literally with a loaded gun. He didn't check the gun whether it was loaded in the first place. Uh, he didn't check the gun to determine whether there was a blank in there or it was an active round, which it turned out to be. Uh, and then in his ministrations around it, uh, which was not part of the uh, of a shooting of the film, he was just playing around uh, in, a, in a break session. Uh, the gun goes off and it kills the cinematographer. Now, of course, he makes the claim that uh, the gun went off accidentally. But again, that was not accident. It was negligence. Uh, but the FBI has looked at it twice now and has basically their statement that the gun could not go off accidentally. It has to be pulled. Uh, the trigger has to be pulled. And that trigger has to be pulled uh, aggressively because it's not a, a quote unquote sticky trigger. So um, uh, he's gotten off dot free. And it's kind of um, interesting to note that Alec Baldwin has been a fundraiser and a big donor to the Democratic National Party in California. So you wonder where that's why, Dr. Marks, he's not gotten in as much trouble as he could have. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, so that, that's Alec Baldwin. But then let's take a look at the most famous one of all, uh, O.J. Simpson. Now, I could put him in the category of sports celebrities, but when he allegedly murdered uh, his uh, wife, Nicole Brown, and her lover, rendezvous person, Ron Goldman, he was retired from football. He was a sports celebrity. He was broadcasting sports on uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, he was a commentator like many of the retired football players we see today. So why isn't he in jail on that? Now, he later did a burglary that he went to jail for for a short time, but he's now walking the street. Well, I've always had this particular quote that I think people should remember. Uh, I would rather be guilty and have a good lawyer than be innocent and not have a good lawyer. And that's exactly what happened. First of all, uh, the judge in the case uh, uh, disallowed a lot of evidence, particularly the evidence of him driving down uh, the interstate in California with a gun pointed to his head. Now, if your wife is murdered and you're not the murderer, why are you attempting suicide, particularly after you had several documented uh, fights with your wife? So why are you committing suicide? Uh, so um, that was not allowed for the jurors to see. So the jurors were a little bit blindsided. Secondly, uh, the the attorneys for uh, for OJ were much more brilliant and on the ball than Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden. Uh, the, the famous quote that really saved OJ was, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Johnny Cochran came up, played the race card, Johnny Cochran came up with the most catchy phrase imaginable and totally hoodwinked Marsha Clark and Christopher Dart. And what do I mean by that? Wow. Well, anyone who, like myself, has lived up in the North and as a kid had snowball fights with our leather gloves, you know, when they get wet and they get cold, after it dries out, it shrinks. Many times I couldn't fit into my glove of yesterday, literally, after it dried out, it shrinks. You basically have to put oil in it. You basically have to work it 
work that leather back into shape. Point is that almost every baseball player, when they get a new baseball glove, they need the glove. They basically work oil into the glove to soften up the leather. It's a similar concept. So Johnny Cochran knew all along that that glove, who, which was in the evidence pile, would not fit. So he primed the jury, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Ergo, OJ got off. Um, okay, here's another one that maybe people won't remember. Uh, another celebrity, Snoop Doggy Dog. Now, Snoop Dogg Dog's real name was Calvin Broadus. Now, he was an up-and-coming rap star in 1993. Uh, he actually belonged to the Long Beach Crips, well-known drug gang, okay? So it's kind of like distant past because he's a little likable celebrity right now. Uh, what happened is that uh, during one of his videos, a competitor by the name of Philip Walderman uh, accosted him. And of course, that created bad feelings. So that evening, Snoop Dogg and uh, his bodyguard, Malik Lee, went out on a car ride and ran into him. People argue whether they were after him or not. And his bodyguard, Malik, shot uh, their competitor. He was an Ethiopian an illegal immigrant who was also into the rap scene and was his major competitor. Well, it turns out that the um, Two eyewitnesses and the police could not find a weapon. Yet Snoop Dogg and his um, bodyguard claimed self-defense. Uh, miraculously, they were acquitted of uh, murder or accessory to murder uh, because some of the evidence was conveniently missing from the scene as well. So um, here's another person now who uh, has escaped all of this, uh, who now does several commercials uh, with uh, a beer commercial. Uh, and uh, has even recruited Eli Manning to be part of the threesome that is lauding this um, this beer. So uh, here's another, no one's above yeah. the law, certainly the bubble law on this one. Okay, let's migrate over to the last group that I think, and that's sports stars. Now, O.J. Simpson was a sports star, but at the time he did the so-called murder, was accused of the murder, uh, he was not a sports star anymore. But let's take a look at a couple sports stars that you may or may not remember. And I'm sure you as an audience can think of many celebrities, many politicians, and many sports stars who were above the law and escaped punishment for some obvious wrongdoings and criminal activity. Well, let's take a look at Lenny Dykstra. He played for the Mets and he played for the Philadelphia Phillies. He was really an all-star. He was a slugger uh, and he produced... Um, after his retirement, 25 counts of grand theft auto. Uh, he was uh, accused of fraud, uh, sexual assault, sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, money laundering, and identity theft, as well as drug, drug possession, uh, steroid use in sports. Uh, he, with all of those accounts, received only a three-year sentence, but served only six months before his sentence was commuted. If you or I would have done any of those, well, he did 25 counts of grand theft auto. If we would have stolen one auto, we'd still be in jail rather than doing this podcast. So some of these get to be ridiculous. Now, uh, there's two more I want to bring to your attention before I conclude. Uh, another uh, great baseball player for the New York Yankees, Jim Lairitz. Uh He was um, overtly drunk. He crashed his car, killed the 
the driver, who's a woman of another in another car, his blood alcohol level was 0.14. Now, a high blood level is 0.8. This was almost twice as much of the legal limit. He was acquitted of DUI manslaughter. I, I have to wonder uh, how in the world you can have a drug alcohol level almost twice much as normal. The police identifying that he couldn't pass a sobriety test was almost unconscious at the time of his arrest. And yet that's not DUI. Um, shame, shame on the system, whoever blew that one. Right. And then probably the last one and more recent one um, from this podcast to last Monday Night Football was uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson uh, is a quarterback for now the Cleveland Browns. Um, he uh, graduated from Clemson, was a, an All-American. I, I forgot whether he... Uh, uh, won any particular prize, but he should have. He's a talented athlete and a pretty good quarterback. Right. Well, it just so happens that after getting on uh, his uh, team, which at that time was the Houston uh, team, uh, he had 22 counts, which then escalated to 26 counts of indecent exposure, lewd behavior, and uh, basically promoting prostitution. Uh, he has to this day received no jail, jail time. Uh, he uh, he was out of the NFL with a really bad spanking of he missed 11 games, a total of 11 games. But he did sign a five year contract for two hundred and thirty million dollars plus forty four million dollars as a signing bonus and a contract now that is worth forty six million dollars per year guaranteed no matter what he does. Uh, his accusations were repetitive. I read the accounts of every one of them. Uh, he was uh, constantly trying to get the masseuse to uh, touch his uh, his genitals, and he went far enough to uh, recruit prostitution from them and other things. Those are things, again, if you or I would do it, who are not uh, an accomplished athlete and are not worth all the money that uh, – football team wants to pay someone to make even more money, uh, you and I would be in jail. So getting back to the main point, uh, the term no one is above the law, absolute nonsense. There's a lot of people above the law one way or another. And I think every one of you who are listening to this can think of a few people yourself. Shame on us and our system for not insisting that no one's above the law is, is really a, an applied uh, thing. I'll conclude with that and hope there's some interesting data for you. All right. That was Climate Change, the real story with Dr. Robert Marks. Take care, guys.